0: Again, begin this morning, I have an assignment for you, a little task. Whether you are an artist or not, I want you to grab a pen, pencil, borrow a crayon from your kid, whatever you need to do, grab something, and I want you to draw. That's right. Today, you can doodle during the sermon message, and I will not roll my eyes at you or glare at you. You have permission to doodle. I want you to draw. I'm glad some of you are actually grabbing pencils and pens. Thank you. Take your worship folder, take a scrap piece of paper, whatever it is. I want you to draw an idol. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to do that, but don't worry about, I mean, just, you know, sketch it out really quick Don't worry, we're not going to auction these off after worship or anything like that. No one's going to see them. Just scribble it out. doesn't matter how messy it is. I want you to draw an idol. Okay? Did you get something? Got something yet? I know, I didn't give you a lot of time. Sorry. But you started to think about what you were going to draw. And maybe, as you started to think about what you were going to draw, maybe you drew, you know, a a little gold or silver statue. Maybe some glorified-looking animal. If if you're familiar with the Old Testament narratives of the Bible, maybe I'm giving you ideas right now when you're scribbling something out, right? If you're familiar with those Old Testament narratives of the Bible, then maybe you drew the, the golden calves, the golden cows. You knew those were idols, For God's ancient people. Or maybe if you're more into history and and archaeology, then maybe what you would draw was those human legged, animal headed gods of the ancient Egyptians. Or maybe it was the trident wielding Poseidon or. The lightning bolts in the, in the strong arms of Zeus from Greek mythology. Or maybe that, that hammer-wielding Norse god, Thor. He's been quite popular over the last decade. Superhero on the big screen. Did any of you draw your desk where you work? No? Or <laughs> your husband? or your wife, or your children? Did you draw them? Did you draw your financial portfolio statement that you just got in the mail? Or maybe just a giant plate of nachos just smothered in creamy hot cheese sauce right or that big juicy steak from a five-star restaurant that you have just been dying to cut into did you draw that no but would those have maybe been more realistic more accurate drawings of an idol and this morning you just heard from God's word, you, you heard this, this message, his, his big top ten list, his commands that he gave to his people, and God desired that those commands, they would set his people apart from the world around them. He desired that then, and he desires it now, Today. He spoke those words so that all his people would hear them, and he spoke them so that you too would hear them. You shall have no other gods before me. First commandment. And does it highlight an issue for you? Or do you think, no, you know what? I I pretty much got that one covered. I've got that handled idolatry you know that's not a problem for me i know there's a lot of sins that plague me but idolatry isn't one of them well if you drew the wrong pictures of idols then yes you would say that but i think that we maybe need to draw different pictures I think that we need to understand how prevalent idolatry really is, that it is not just something that was ancient, but it is very modern. You see, we would, it's very easy for us to get in this nice, comfortable spot where we claim that the God of the Bible, He is the only God, and He is our only God. But the uncomfortable truth is that Idolatry still plagues our hearts. There are idols that still battle for your heart. And if you aren't a committed Christian today, and you're, you're here, you're, you're listening, you're watching this, I'm, I'm so thankful. First of all, just let me say I'm thankful. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. I'm grateful for that. And secondly, keep listening because this affects you too. Idolatry is an issue for you too. Even if you haven't yet decided in your mind, committed to the idea that you want to love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, there are still idols that battle for your hearts. Do you feel a deep Disappointment in your life? Do you struggle with a lack of purpose and clarity for where you're headed and where you're going? Are there things that cause anger to just burn in your veins? Because all of those tell you that there is a false god that you worship. And so I want you to keep listening and I tell you a story share a story with you this comes from a a pastor friend of mine and he also serves at a place that has a school connected to their church and he was sharing with me how he had this this young girl in his office and this young girl was having a rough day at school she had done something that was entirely disrespectful and inappropriate, and there were consequences. One of those consequences being that her teacher told her that she was going to have to call home and tell her parents what happened, and the girl just absolutely lost it. There's uncontrollable sobbing, sitting in the chair in his office, just, just completely a wreck right in front of him, and, and after... A while after some breathing exercises to get that little girl to to calm down, that pastor, he, he asked her, what has you so upset? Why are you so distraught? Her answer? Her Barbies. Because she was terrified that her parents... We're going to take away all of her Barbies. And that thought emotionally just crippled this little girl. She could not imagine a life without her Barbies. Do you think the Barbies had become a bit of an idol for that little girl? And I know we all understand, right, that that kids, sometimes they have an overly dramatic view of the world, right? But what emotionally cripples you? What loss would be too much? What can you not stand to live without? What do you need, absolutely need in your life? And is the answer God? God puts this command first because it is first. He is first. The primary questions of our life, whom, what, when, where, will you serve? Everything starts here. Everything starts with your heart and who is ruling that heart. And every other sin that you struggle with, every other disappointment in your life, it all stems from idolatry from something or someone else winning the battle for our hearts. And so throughout this sermon series, we are going to ask some tough, exposing questions. I'm going to ask you questions like, what do you love? For what will you rearrange your schedule? Where do you find security? Who do you trust I'm going to ask you to think about the things that you pursue and the things that you create. And then I'm going to ask you why. Where's your sanctuary? What worries you? What do you complain about most? What causes you the most disappointment in your life? What infuriates you? And we're going we're to scratch at those things, scratch away at the surface level. We're going to dig deep into your hearts and chances are we're going to find an idol buried there. And we might just see how we have created idols for ourselves. Because idols, they are not created for us, but we create them for ourselves. You look at what God said after his first prohibition. He says, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. We are not to fashion a God for ourselves out of anything in this wide creation that God has made. And that includes flora and fauna and mammals and reptiles, but it also includes abstract ideas and concepts and hobbies and recreation It includes everything in all of God's creation. Nature, relationships, rest, achievement, accomplishment, sex, money, power, family. All of it. And we could love and glorify God through those things. They are all the good and perfect gifts that he has given to us. And the things that we create, the things that we pursue, we could do so to the glory of God. But, but so often our love, it stops with the object. It stops with the gift and it doesn't make it to the giver of those gifts. And so I know that this series, it's going to be eye-opening. It, it already has been for me. Because it's going to remind us that we need to put God first and foremost. It's going to help us to draw better pictures of the enemies that seek to invade our hearts and dethrone God. And you notice how serious God is about this. Because that is an all-out assault against him. God said, You shall have no other gods before me. And when God says before me, it's not like he assumes that they're all going to sit around a, a boardroom and he's going to be head at the table. He doesn't assume that there's some sort of hierarchy there so that, you know, we can have other gods as long as we keep God, the almighty creator, priority number one. Now, when he says before me, what he really means is in my presence, in my sight, And God is present everywhere. And so when we turn to someone or something other than God for the very thing which God is eager to give us, it is an all-out affront right to his face. We spit in God's face. And that's a frightening thought, isn't it? But if all I've done here today is help you to draw better pictures of what an idol is, if, if all I've done is, is opened your eyes a little bit to the dangers of modern idolatry, to open your eyes to maybe those blind spots that you have in your life where idols can seep in, then I really haven't done you any good. I haven't helped you in the least, unless I also help you to draw a better picture of God. If I also help you to see and know how good it is that our God is jealous. That's what God said about himself. He said, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Later on in the same biblical book, Moses writes, the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. And you need to know how remarkably, wonderfully good it is that God is jealous. Now that's another picture, right? Jealousy. And and too often that we don't think of that as a positive trait. We, we hear jealousy and, and we maybe immediately think of the teenage boyfriend or girlfriend who gets incredibly jealous, probably for no reason. That, that petty jealousy that then works itself out in very disastrous ways, right? It, it leads that young high school man to, to have that unfounded anger and then get into the unnecessary fistfights or, or it leads the, the high school girl To get really catty and start like a personal popularity war. So, is that our God? No, our God is jealous with a pure, holy, and righteous jealousy. It's a jealousy of passion. He is not petty, but he is passionate. And he is willing to fight fiercely in the necessary fight for your soul. And the war that he personally wages is for the eternal well-being of your life. He is jealous in that he pursues you. He cares so deeply for you that he will pursue you with his love. And yes, that jealousy, it includes the capacity for punishment, right? Yeah, look at the contrast that God makes. Punishment is shown to three or four generations. That sounds like a lot. Three or four generations of those who hate God. But he shows love to a thousand generations of those who love him. Three to four compared with a thousand. God's love is so, big, so much bigger, so much greater, because that is where his jealousy is centered. It is centered in his love. It is a jealous, abounding love for you. The Bible often draws the picture of a marriage to illustrate God's relationship with his people, with you. God is drawn as the groom and we his people his church we are drawn as the bride and God has a jealous love for his bride can you imagine if I went on a date with another woman not my wife it's completely hypothetical by the way but can you imagine if I went on a date with another woman do you think that when I got back that my wife would say, hey, how did it go? Did you have a good time? Did she make you laugh? Did, did she fill you up? No, well, my wife would be furious. She would be angry, and rage, and rightly so. And if she wasn't, well, then it would show that she really cared very little about me. She really had invested very little in our relationship. If she was just willing to let me go off and be with someone else. And so God won't let us do that. And when we go off and we turn to another God, when we we turn to trust or look for something in someone other than him, then God's intense anger, it shows That he cares deeply for you. That he truly loves you. That he is not willing to lose you. That he will pursue you relentlessly with his love. And that is far better than any of those idols will ever do. Because they will abandon us, they will leave us at the altar. God jealously, zealously, he relentlessly pursues you and he pursued you all the way to the cross. That's what this jealous love did. It sent his own son and Jesus with that same jealous love, he willingly was there on the cross, his arms outstretched, the the iron spikes pierced through them for you because he loved you that much because his love is so great he was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for you and remember how God began his words before any command before any demand he reminded his people who he was he said I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery our God is the God of rescues our God is the God who who pulls us out of the danger that we are in he is the God who battles so fiercely for our hearts with compassion he traded his life for your very own he is so desperate for your heart that he let his heart break under the weight of sin in order to set you free You know, God's people were slaves in Egypt, but each and every one of us we can become enslaved to the idols in our hearts, and sometimes we're completely unaware of that slavery. You now, if you grew up in a house where love needed to be earned, it was never freely given, or if you grew up in a house in a home. Where the people who claimed that they loved you abused you and hurt you and never put your best interests first, you might have become numb that that wasn't really how love is supposed to be. It might have been all that you ever knew, and so that's just what you assumed love was like. It's incredibly sad. To see children who've grown up in such an environment because they don't even recognize that it's not right but it's also incredibly sad when we've become so numb to the abuse and the enslavement of the idols that we serve that we don't even recognize that that's not real love that we don't even recognize that God has a a much better love. Because when those idols, when they're ruling on the throne of our hearts, then we live in their house. We live in their home and we experience their love and we can become numb to it. Don't live in that house anymore. Know the true, incredible, jealous love that your God has for you. And God wants all of you. He is jealous for your whole heart. And so he will relentlessly pursue you. And so I want you to draw one final doodle for today. Take that pen, the pencil, the green crayon. I want you to draw a throne. You know, a big chair, right? And that's a throne of your heart. And who's sitting on it? Because you want God sitting on that throne. You want God sitting on that throne because our jealous God is so, so good. Amen.